0: Dismiss our Sunday school children at this time. Amen, amen. I'm aware that we've taken a little more time in worship, so I'll be aware of the time as we go to the Word, but we need more than just an experience. We need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Amen. We need to learn from His Word today. Amen. I'll do my best to not be boring. I'll do my best to keep you awake amen it's a little warm in here I'm probably the warmest though because I got the sunshine right here so I'm, I'm warm as I'm just as warm as anybody else amen we're going to turn to the book of Acts chapter one verse number eight. Acts today I feel like the Lord has led us to a time to do that anytime we're going through a book of the Bible it takes a while so we'll have maybe some different sermons along the way interjected maybe some I know for sure some guest speakers brother Mullenpah coming up April 23rd and 24th for a creation seminar but we're going to spend some time probably a a few maybe even a few months it takes a while to get through a book But we want to take our time and get through the book of Acts, because it is the blueprint for the church, and we want to be authentic today. Amen? Amen. I don't like the off-brands, and I don't care what they tell me, I can believe it's not butter. I don't care what it says on the package, I can believe it. I don't know who said they can't believe it, but it's probably never had real butter because uh, it is quite different. Amen. And I, I don't want just uh, less than God's best. I want all that he has for me. Amen. And so uh, that's why we look to the word of God for our example. Amen. It's good to have you with us today. And uh, good, we've been praying for a while. It's Kylie's friend here. We're just glad he's here with us. I don't want to put him on the spot, but I'm glad he's here. And I see my friend, Brother Eddie, and Brother Johnny Delegars over there. They said not to call on him, um, but I'll at least say they're here. Amen. I'm glad to have friends here today. Amen. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth amen receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you amen we need the Holy Ghost today amen and uh I may say it during the time of studying but if you hear the word Holy Ghost or you hear Holy Spirit they're interchangeable terms it's the same thing it's just the Spirit of God that is poured into our lives amen and and we need God's Spirit uh, to make us alive and strong in him Amen. We're going to pray for this time in the word today. Lord Jesus, we're thankful again for everyone who's here. Thankful for all of our friends, for family, brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's always a privilege to be in your presence together. We thank you for what you've already done through the power of your spirit in this time together. I believe you've already done many miracles in hearts and in minds. You've provided healing, maybe physical, some spiritual, some emotional during this time together. Coming out of a Maybe a rough week. I pray that everyone would be refreshed and ready for the new week by the time we leave today. We're thankful for what you're doing in our midst, and we pray you continue. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. We're going to be starting out talking about the date and the scope of the book of Acts. It's the events recorded in the book of Acts cover a period of about 30 years and sometimes we see all the exciting things and it's going to be fun talking about them but it, not, it wasn't that exciting every day so we want it to be exciting every day but it, it wasn't quite cloud nine all the time they had some struggles too so it's good to, to realize that in the beginning today that as we examine the book of Acts and all the miracles not every day was perfect they struggled with things just like we do and we'll, we'll see that as well but it covered a period of about 30 years, uh, extending from A.D. 33 to about A.D. 63. Taking us two years um, into the imprisonment of Paul. And the placing the dating of the writing about A.D. 63, because he was put in prison A.D. 61. So about 30 years there. Uh, the author of the book is Luke. He authored both uh, the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. Luke answered the Macedonian call and was in charge of the church at Philippi for about six years. He was with Paul during his second imprisonment, according to 2 Timothy 4. And something else about the author Luke is that he was a physician. Paul expressly calls him the beloved physician. And excuse me, my voice is a little rough today. But um, the beloved physician is someone who's qualified to write about the healing power of the Lord. Amen? God is into healing us, not just physically, but more importantly, emotionally, spiritually. Because the physical only lasts for this lifetime. I would much rather be healed with the inner man than my outer man. My, I'd rather be healed in my soul and in my spirit than in my flesh. Does that make sense? Because the inside of us is what will live forever amen so you may not always get a physical healing but I believe God will always heal you spiritually and emotionally as you call upon him he was a medical missionary probably kept up his general practice of medicine in connection with his work in Rome and he probably practiced medicine in Malta finally uh, Luke was a eyewitness to the events of the book of Acts it wasn't just someone else's word for it but he actually saw it happen And that's always important in the recording of events. If someone actually saw it happen, we know there are greater authority on the events. But like any book of the Bible, it wasn't just Luke that was writing it, but it was the Holy Spirit moving on him and giving him the unction to write what he wrote. Acts is a scripture textbook for salvation and evangelism. Two key components must always be going on in the church. We must have people both being saved and reaching out to the lost it's important to understand the book of acts is a bridge from the gospels to the epistles the gospels matthew mark luke and john tell us about the life of jesus christ the ministry of jesus christ but the book of acts tells us about the birth of the church and how to enter the church after acts that's written to people who are already part of the church does that make sense So, understanding that is important to understanding salvation and the requirements the Lord gives us. And not just requirements, but they are privileges, right? They're commandments, but they are, more than that, we should view them as privileges. The opening chapters of Acts, as we'll see, reveal the plan of salvation Jesus Christ came to provide for all mankind in the New Testament era. The Gospels reveal Jesus as the Messiah. The book of Acts opens the door to that salvation provided by his death, burial, and resurrection. And it's also a textbook for evangelism. It teaches us the work of the church is evangelism. It's not to just try to survive till Jesus comes. It's not to say, well, the world's getting pretty bad. Maybe we should just try to be saved ourselves and let everybody else figure out their own way. It's to get out there in the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come. Amen? And I believe we're growing in that area. I know a lot of us, the Lord's giving us wisdom and boldness to reach out to others more. And it's not really that complicated if we just learn to follow the Spirit, right? Uh, Just on uh, Friday, we just drove down for a quick trip to the beach and I met this These gentlemen, they offered some cookies to my wife and daughters, and uh, they were all from um, the Middle East, and with all the stuff going on in uh, the Middle East, sometimes we can be kind of distant with people that may come from somewhere because of prejudice. Is it okay if I'm transparent today? Oh, they're not going to want the gospel. They're, They're probably Muslim. And they'll never receive the gospel. How do you know? You don't know. So I just went over there and I wanted to tell them I appreciated their kindness. And one of the uh, gentlemen invited me to stay for their, they're going to be sitting on the beach till three in the morning. And they were brewing up some of their special coffee. And I said, I really appreciate it, but I got my family. We're going to be heading out but I'm going to probably be meeting with him this coming Saturday because guess what he's from Beaverton and he already texted me yesterday and said when are we getting together for for some coffee and to talk so you don't know you don't know until you step out and not every person in every interaction is that way sometimes there's there's no door to be open people are a wall and that's okay it's just that we test the door Test the water. Don't disqualify the opportunity before you even try it. Be led of the Spirit. Mark 16:20 illustrates that it's the power of the Holy Ghost. It says they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. In our ability to be a witness is linked to the power of the Holy Ghost. The moving of God's spirit. Because we're not just trying to win an argument. This is something that has to happen supernaturally. So we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? As we read earlier, a key verse in Acts is Acts 1.8. Identifies the power of evangelism through the Holy Ghost. And the word witness is in the book of Acts more than 30 times. So you think it's kind of important? 30 times the word witness is used in the book of Acts. I think the Lord was trying to get something through to us to be a witness. And finally, uh, again, we want to examine the book of Acts, take our time, get through it, because it is the blueprint for the church. Amen. It gives us the history and birth of the early days of the church. It's not a full history, but it gives us the beginning and the development and the growth And as I said, also, it shows us some of the struggles, thankfully, to give us a realistic picture. But it shows us the growth of the church and how a church is supposed to grow. Matthew 16, 18 tells us that the Lord looked at Peter and he said, Thou art Peter upon this rock, the revelation of who he was, God in the flesh, the Messiah. He said, I will build my church. The Lord speaking through the man Christ Jesus says, I will build my church. So Jesus is going to build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If we're letting God build it, we don't have to worry about hell. It's only if we take the wheel and try to build it ourselves. Same with our own personal life. But the Lord said, I will build my church. This first time that church is used in the entire New Testament. We must build the church according to God's blueprint. If we want his blessing. We've got to use his blueprint. And if we want his power we have to use his pattern. Ultimately God does the building. I will build my church. And remember who to give the keys to here. We talk about this a lot if you've been around here a lot. But. The keys were given to Peter. Who preached the message on the day of Pentecost? Peter. Because God gave him the keys that would open the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven. This New Testament salvation. Amen. Are you still awake? The church is the only thing God ever had to buy think about that it's the only thing god ever had to buy now wouldn't it be nice to be so wealthy you only had one thing you ever had to buy everywhere else you just show up and it's yours that'd be pretty cool but god bought the church acts twenty twenty eight says take heed therefore unto yourselves to all the flock over the which the holy ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of god i must have left this verse out i apologize Acts 20 and 28 is where I'm reading. But it says, which he hath purchased with his own blood. We're overseers of God's church, but he purchased it with his own blood. If a contractor builds a house for someone, they stick to the blueprint if they're a good contractor. Otherwise, the buyer is not going to be happy. You spend a lot of money to get a house just how you want it, and the builder decides... They don't really need that option. Uh, I might have something to say about that. Uh, Whose money are you playing with here? So if we want to build the church, we need to stick to the blueprint, which is found in the word of God. Because that's the will of the purchaser. Whose church is it? God's church. He purchased it. So we need to stick to the blueprint. That's why we don't just look around and see what everybody else is doing and we decide that looks like a good way to build a church. It's not about arrogance. It's not about pride. It's not about trying to be different. It's just I want to do it God's way. If I have arrogance or pride about it, I need to pray and repent. But it's just about doing it God's way. If I borrow somebody's car, I should respect it. Right? You let me drive your car? I shouldn't drive it like it's rented. When people drive rental cars, (laughs) they're like gunning it everywhere. See how fast this thing can go. When you're borrowing something from someone, you're overseeing it, you're watching it for them, you need to take good care of it if you're respectful. And we need to be very careful that we are being good overseers of God's heritage. It's His church, it's His will. It's His way. Amen. That's what I'm interested in, doing it God's way. So Acts 1.1, we'll just go through a few verses today, see, see where we get. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. The former treaties is speaking about the previous book He wrote. The book of anybody paying attention enough to know what it was? Luke, Thank you. It's his name, right? (laughs) That one's not too hard. The book of Luke was taught, um, but all it did was it taught what Jesus began to do and teach. Jesus began there in his earthly ministry, but he continued it through the apostles in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, really, they say, should just, it gets a new chapter all the time because the church is still moving forward. Amen? So the Lord wants to continue to do things through us, as he did through the apostles. And Theophilus could have been an actual person or just a symbolic name that means God lover, is what Theophilus means. God lover. Not love her, God lover. Got it? One word, lover. Acts 1 2 through 3. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Who chose the apostles? The Lord, right? Amen. His spirit. Because God is a spirit. He is the Holy Ghost. To whom he also showed himself, alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We just celebrated Easter, the resurrection of our Lord. And when the Lord rose from the dead, he stuck around for a while and taught them. So we're going to look at it. What is some of the stuff, what are a few of the things he taught them. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Okay, again, teach all nations. Don't discriminate. Don't think you're better than any other people of race or ethnicity because you are not. I am not. Teach all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What is that name? Jesus, Jesus, right? That is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Because Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names. Right? Again, Maurice, Maurice is sitting right here. Pick on him. He's a father. He's a son. He's a husband. But we call him Maurice. Because that's his name. That's a Andre, Maurice, James Watkins. Got it. Okay. His mom gave him four names. So if he... If he was in trouble, she said his name for a while. <laughs> but we baptize in Jesus name, which is the name of the Father, son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo I'm with you always even to the end of the world or the end of the age, the end of time before he comes back for the church. So God didn't go anywhere, and this is called the great commission because it is a co-mission. He is with us in all that we do. When we step out to do his will, he steps out with us. Amen. Again, something he taught after the resurrection. Mark sixteen, fourteen through twenty says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven and sat at meat and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. So we're going to get to eat in heaven. Okay, because this is his glorified body, the first fruits of what we're going to receive. So everybody's going to get to eat praise God I know you guys like to eat come on you guys are playing right now I don't know if you're trying to act good or not fessing up for some reason but uh, when we dismiss I think you're probably going to be going left out of the doors because you're going to go eat right it's probably okay to be a vegetarian but just saying they sat at meat you can be either one but I'm going to be eating meat because I like meat Anybody see the Chick-fil-A lines this week? Oh man, I'm not going to digress, but that was ridiculous. We get that many people who want to go to church. It was crazy over there. But he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world. These are commandments to us, the church. And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay, why are we covering these verses? They're not in Acts. Because this is the foundation of Acts. This is what the Lord was teaching them before. This is why in the book of Acts, they commanded them to be baptized. It was not a suggestion because if you believe and you're baptized, you're going to be saved. But if you believe not, you shall be damned. That's not my opinion. These are the words of God. Amen. So that's why we make a big deal out of it. Not because we. I enjoy getting people wet. It's because the Bible says. You need to do it. Amen. Because I know we all want to be saved. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Okay again. Maybe some people think it's weird. Maybe even we think it's weird. But it's just part of the experience. Again, we're getting our answers from the Bible, not popular opinion. Not what makes sense to me, but what does the Lord say? These signs are going to follow them that believe. That means if I'm a believer, I'm going to speak with new tongues. I can't just say I'm a believer. If I'm really a believer, this is going to be part of my experience. Verse 18, they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing, and that doesn't mean we do this on purpose. Okay, you're not going to see me handling snakes up here. That is not going to happen. I'm not going to be drinking Drano just to see if it works. It also says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's why we believe in healing. Amen? Because Jesus said we can do it. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And in the scriptures, sitting on the right hand of God is a figurative term that means at the power of God. Because God is an invisible spirit. How would he have a right hand, literally? He's an omnipresent, invisible spirit. He doesn't have a literal hand. So the right hand of God is the power of God. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. There it is again. The Lord confirms his word with signs following. When we declare the word of the Lord, he will show up and he will give a testimony to the truth. Amen. One more passage here of commandments he gave after the resurrection. Luke twenty four forty five says, Then opened he their understanding. This is what we all need. Okay, again, understanding the Bible is not about being really smart. This has nothing to do with IQ. And sometimes the King James, people are like, I don't get it. Yeah, well, I didn't always get it either. It's weird sometimes. Thee, thou, thus, whatever. We don't talk that way anymore. But when we ask God, He opens our understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and that's why some people can study the Bible their whole life and not reach the understanding of salvation. Not because they're not smart enough or God's a respecter persons, but they must not have really sincerely asked God to help them, and they trusted in their own intellectual ability. Luke 24, 46 goes on to say, and he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Now here we're going again. This is because some people say, all you guys do is talk about Acts 2, 38. It's nowhere else in the Bible. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Repentance. Because Jesus' commandment here. Peter didn't make it up on the day of Pentecost. You're supposed to preach Repentance. And remission of sins. Anybody know where you have remission of sins? Anybody? Baptism. Right? Because in Acts 2.38 tells us to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So that's where the remission of sins happens is that baptism. So the Lord is saying you've got to repent. You've got to be baptized. And this should be preached in his name. Whose name? Jesus' name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you're witnesses of these things so you got repentance you got water baptism in his name and guess what the next verse gives us and behold I send the promise of my father guess what that is that's the Holy Spirit there it is again I'm not rereading the same verses I send you the promise of the Father upon you. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. Fill with the Holy Spirit. That's how we enter the kingdom. And we don't always get the Holy Spirit right away. So we have to tarry. Like they did. They had to tarry in Jerusalem. Until they'd be endued with power from on high. So if you don't get the Holy Spirit right away. Don't give up. Don't think, oh, well, God just doesn't love me like he loves other people. That's not true. We just have to get to a place of full surrender in our lives. And in this case, it was a matter of timing. The Lord wanted to wait till the day of Pentecost. So they had to hang out till Pentecost because that's when he was going to pour out his spirit. That was his timeline. And he operates on a different timeline than we do sometimes. He didn't tell them how long they were going to wait. He just said, go Wait. And if they want it bad enough, they'll do it. And they did. And this is, again, just like the the first, where we're going to read in Acts 1, either today or next week. It sounded very similar because, again, who wrote it? Luke. He wrote both of them. And they're overlapping a little bit here. He led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were continually in the temple for about 10 days just praising God because they wanted the promise. They wanted the promise. Amen. Do you want God's promise for your life? It's only something you can decide if you want God's promise for your life. So again, Acts 1-3 tells us he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. It doesn't tell us everything that happened, but they were infallible proofs. They're undeniable proofs. He walked around for 40 days after being risen from the dead. He didn't just hang out for a couple minutes and be like, see ya. 40 days. days. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, among others, Peter, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, the apostles several times, and up one point, up to 500 people at once. 500 people saw and talked to the resurrected Savior. And evidently, 380 of them didn't think it was important enough to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what they thought was better, but only 120 out of the 500 actually went So he was seen alive, some of the infallible proofs seen alive, spoke to them concerning the kingdom of God. He walked with them. He ate and drank with the disciples. He blessed his disciples, ministered to them, restored Simon Peter, dried Mary's tears, invited them to touch his resurrected body. See, I'm alive. I'm alive. In Acts 1, 4, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Coming to a a close here. But commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the father. I'm back in Acts. I'm not rereading Luke. Wait for the promise of the father. Which saith he. Ye have heard of me. And the next verse tells us the promise again. For John truly baptized with water. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Or not many days from now you will receive my spirit, the promise of the Father. Amen. So I hope today, just introduction, we only got through five verses, but I hope you're seeing why we emphasize these things. Because it's in the Bible. Because God said it. God spoke it through His resurrected body and he spoke it through the apostles. And he doesn't want it messed with. He doesn't want it changed. I think he knows better than I do. Amen? So again, we'll, we'll leave with these verses that I alluded to earlier. Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive The gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's why it's a promise. Because you shall receive it. There's not a question about it. If you will surrender to God completely, you will receive the Holy Ghost. It's not for special people, it's not for special conditions. It's just when you surrender. That's the key. We have to surrender. We have to surrender. And when we do, we shall receive it. Because the one who cannot lie promised it. For this promise is unto you. And to your children and to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. It wasn't just for them on the day of Pentecost. But here it says it's to everyone. Because God's not willing that any would perish. So he calls everyone by name at one point in their life and they have to choose to respond or not. Amen. It's God's will that we would repent. We'd be baptized in his name. We'd be filled with the spirit and enter his kingdom. Become a part of this church that he built, that he ordained. And that's why we need to stick to this message because it's God's blueprint. Amen. Amen. If we could stand today.